everybody, broadcasting from downtown Brooklyn. That's America's downtown. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio, of course, every Monday at 4.30 with your host. I'm Gersh Kunzman of the New York Daily News and Brooklyn Paper Editor Emeritus, I might add. Oh, Jesus. And, of course, my colleague and cohort, Vince DiMaselli, the current editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn Paper, the greatest newspaper in the world. Without, there's no doubt about that. But this is a radio show. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio, and we are, of course, thankful to our sponsors, Dr. Joseph Lichter, DDS. Yeah, he's great. Atlas Steakhouse, where I have dined. And, of course, the Brooklyn Spine Center, where my back has dined. Uh, and I have been laid out, and they brought me back to life yeah, yeah. and back into the game. But you'll be hearing about them later. Now, we have got a big show. We've got guys who make bread. We've got guys who spend bread. But first, it wouldn't be a Brooklyn Paper no, Radio we show. we got to talk about the Super Bowl. we got to talk about the Super Bowl. We want to get to the Super Bowl. I know you want to get to the Super Bowl. we got to talk about that. It would not be Brooklyn Paper Radio if I didn't start the show. By saying to my buddy Vince, hey Vince, what'd you do this weekend? Oh man, Gersh, I'll tell you, it was crazy. What? You know, I've been having this problem. I, I can't, like, I feel tired. You're exhausted. All the, I'm always tired. You're losing your hair too. Well, I got the Rogaine. No, no, I got the Rogaine for that, and I've been using it for years. It does the job for the most part. You should see my brothers. Oh, yeah, I've seen your brothers. Okay. Handsome right. men, though. Yeah, handsome well, men. They're handsome, but they'd be a little bit more handsome if they used the Rogaine at, starting at the age of 27, like I did. So, what's wrong with your sleep? All right. Yeah, how'd you know? I'm very tired all the time. So finally, I'm like, I got to do something about this, right? Because I need to know what's going on. Why am I so tired? Because otherwise, I'm perfectly healthy. So I decided I'm going to record myself sleeping just to check out to make sure that I'm getting a good night's sleep. Maybe I'm waking up. Maybe I'm snoring. Maybe I have that sleep apnea you might have heard of that so many people have these days. It's like you you set up a, a sleep lab in your house. Basically. So people go to Columbia and they Columbia yeah. University. Yeah, they go to Columbia University some for a people, month. Yeah, some people go to school in Columbia so they can get to Columbia University. Some people doctors. go to Columbia because the sleep labs down there are a lot cheaper. But nonetheless, Vince DiMaselli on the rock sets up a sleep lab. I do in my go. own room. I go. Put the, so I, I put it. I, I get this like dictaphone. Wait, what happened? What is that? Oh, that's the recording of you of you snoring. That's me. That's you. That's me. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. This is why. This is why I'm so tired all the time. How are you snoring the whole night like that? Listen to that straight through. <laughs> it's fantastic. Jimmy, can we play that again? That is fantastic. Still going. I have I think I have seven minutes of me of that. What is that? Like a voice recorder? What is, what is Well what it's it's voice activated. Oh, so every voice or in this case snore activated. Snacktivated. Snortivated. Snorktivated? Play Wait, it again. Jimmy, Jimmy. You play that again. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh my god. I mean I'm very nervous about this, Gersh. I gotta call up Doc, Dr. Pentecostes. You gotta do something. That is, so, what does your wife think about this? She's on the couch. No, there's no way she sleeps through this. You, she's she on, sleep? No, you ever make the, love with your wife and she's just sleeping through this? No, she. Well, that if she would can be, sleep through that, she can sleep through you making love to her and not waking up. Probably, yes. I Unbelievable. Can we get that again, Jimmy? Because that's fantastic. One more time. Oh my god, that's fantastic. Now, just just for the record, Vince DiMazzelli, did you alter this tape in any uh, way? It's not altered in any way. Jimmy, are you form. enhancing the sound in any way? No, Jimmy's shaking his head. Let the record show. You have got us. So what do you think it is? Now, for the record, I don't think snoring necessarily means you're not getting quote-unquote, and I'm using the air I, quotes, I am sleep. gasping for air here. How can <laughs> I be getting good sleep? you got to get one of those crap masks, the C-R-A-P masks. No, I, I got to get something. I think... Uh, you know, I, I think I get it's just my my throat. It's in my throat. That's I think the only solution is more sex. 
Because ah, that puts tired. you out. It, you got to be knocked well, they out. Said you can't drink wine. I can't have any wine before dinner time. Can't drink wine because it it, it gets everything gets loose. Yeah, if you don't drink wine, how are you getting any sex? Hey, oh, I tell you, it's not that easy. All right, listen. We got to talk about the Super Bowl. We'll get to it. We'll we got to have our callers. If, if you're interested in helping me with my sleeping problems, you can call us today right now at 718-260-4502. The lines are open right now. Give us a call. And I would be remiss, Vince. We, if I didn't start the show, you asked. I asked you how you did in the weekend. Great. You had a wonderful time. You, you snored, whatever. I snoring. would be remiss if I did not issue a public apology. Guys, you're going to hear this the first time. A public apology to my girlfriend, whom I love, whom I love. It's mm, good use of the English language. Honey, if you can hear the sound of my voice, I apologize. Last week's show got a little bit randy. I might have said some stuff I shouldn't have said. I know I said I was attracted to Vince, and he's just a friend. Yeah. We had Margaret Bortner on the line last time. She was in studio. And we might have talked about my sex life before I met you, honey, but you are the only woman for me. I say that right now publicly. Vince, what do you think about this abject apology? It's it's very unlike Gersh Kuntzman. Extremely unlike. From what I heard about Gersh Kuntzman is either you're on the on the boat with Gersh Kuntzman or you're waving from the dock. Well, in this case, she's on the boat, but she was a little upset. And she's rightfully so because I talked about other women I might have slept with. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably making it worse now, but honey, I love you. That I hope is, you're listening. Listen, job. if you are listening, call in 718-260-4502. You can her- help Gersh out with his problems with his girlfriend. You can help me out with my sleeping problems. Who knows? The reason I gave that number out is we are lucky to be joined by two guys who make bread. Now, I'm talking about Adam Leonti and Jeff Kozlowski of the Brooklyn Bread Lab. Adam and Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. They're, they're right, sharing no, a microphone over there, and they've brought some bread. But before – I got to – Adam, I got to I got to tell the truth. Okay. So we called up Adam and we said, "Hey, Adam, you got to come on the show cuz you're making bread. You're at the Brooklyn Bread Lab in Bushwick." And his publicist, and yes, these are top-notch bread guys. They have a publicist. Says, "I don't know. I don't know if I can put those guys on the show cuz you're Gersh Kuntzman. You ask the tough questions." Yeah, nothing nothing easy about this interview. So Adam, she says, "You got to send over a list of questions." Now, I I've done that for the president of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I've done that for the for the mayor of, of Canarsie, but I didn't expect to have to do that for the top bread guys. But I'll tell you, I asked the tough question. I want to give you a share of some of the questions I sent over. Question five was banana bread. Is it a bread, a cake, or simply a muffin in a loaf pan? Okay, you got to answer that. Right right now. Just a- Adam, is it? It's a muffin in a loaf pan. Muffin in a loaf okay, pan. Got a ding, can we get a ding? Ding, 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 ding. We have a ding sound effect. <laughs> oh, All right. Ding. Next question, Jeff. This one's to you. Okay. The bread box, isn't everything basically bigger than it? Yes. Yeah, everything's bigger than a bread box. I get ding on that one. Jimmy? Should, this is for Adam again, should the astronaut in The Martian have grown teff instead of potatoes? That's Matt Damon. I've never seen The Martian. All right, well, he grew potatoes. If you were on Mars, what would you grow? Teff or potatoes? I don't know what teff is. A b- <laughs> bread guy doesn't know what oh to Can we get an buzzer? Teff is an ancient grain. So that's definitely a no. And I gave him these questions in advance. I know. You think Question 10. Crip notes. Adam. No, it's for Jeff. Jeff Kozlowski. Okay. Sliced bread. Is it really the best thing? And if it is the best thing, before sliced bread was invented, what was the best thing before then? I think we all know what the best thing is before and after sliced bread. And that is? Women. There it is. Oh, okay. See, ding, 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 ding. All right. Done nicely done. And honey, if you can hear the sound of my voice, he, he means you because you're the best. <laughs> anyway, so guys, let's just start with the basics. Brooklyn Bread Lab. What the heck are you guys doing over there that you got to be a lab? Yeah. So the reason we're a lab is because we experiment. We make different things all the time. 
um, and the, the menu changes every day, but it's all in a, in a controlled fashion. Hmm. So we'll get different grains from all over the U.S. and then kind of keep the same bread baking formula and swap out the grains. And then hmm. as the, the grains progress, what we use throughout the week, the formula then starts to change. All right, so hold on. Let's <coughs> stop right there for a second. Yeah, so, so some guy in the Midwest sends you some grain like amaranth. Right. And you're like, oh, what are we going to do with this? And you do it. And then you do the same recipe with other grains. I guess we should say uh, we should change the term from grains. We don't use amaranth because uh, it's not wheat. I, I just we threw just that stick out there. with wheat. Okay. So, and uh, in a sense, it's the scientific method brought down to the most basic level: bread, the staff of life. Exactly. All right. So, hmm. what's so? Tell us what is successful. What's what have you learned? What are your findings? So we've learned that certain certain wheats. Um, don't make the bread that necessarily everyone knows and has seen maybe on Instagram or at a store. But uh, each each. Wait, when you say I'm sorry, yeah. when you're saying the bread that everybody knows, you're talking about Wonder Bread. All, all breads, any bread, whatever Wait, bread can you, that name you names? know. Name names. You may not know um, in comparison to when you see a grain made just in the uh, in a very old world fashion. So there may not be big holes. There may not be like a tight crumb. There may not be that uh-huh. pale skin. Each bread is going to look um, quite unique. Even though it's the same method, just with a different grain. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Let's, let's, what, what, if you're listening at home, what grains should you avoid if you're baking bread? What should you avoid? Yeah, what is the grain that just doesn't hold up? You, so you've really, done the lab. Really, most any grain outside of wheat right, is not going to work. Ah. So wheat works because it has gluten in it. Oh, there we go. That was going to also on the question list. Gluten. Is it gluten. America's next scourge? You're I telling me no. You're telling me you need gluten. You need gluten. Oh, yeah. No, gluten's, gluten's back. It's back, <laughs> it's back in a big way. Oh, yeah. It just Oprah. went away. It's even funny. O- I even work, Oprah said it. Yeah. yeah, Oprah's real into it now. I work for the uh, New York Daily News, and we are always doing stories whether the butt is back. And I always say the butt is back. Oh, it's so, always been. It's always yeah. been. It never yeah. left. I don't think the butt so ever went away. So gluten is back. So now, before that's we funny. When I was a kid, we used to have a loaf of Italian bread every Sunday, and you know, you'd cut off the end of the Italian bread. It's you know the end, and we used to call that the hiney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The we hiney did, of the we bread. Did, we did have to do with yeah. gluten. I'm just saying the butt is back, and the and butt the is but, at the uh, edge of the, the bread, butt. and I'm dipping my I'm dipping that bread in my in my pasta Big sauce. Time. Oily butt. Yeah. All right, I got to bring Jeff in here. Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Everything he just said. Uh huh. You're a lab. Are you a dissenting scientist? Or are you are you affirming what he just said? <clears throat> I'm affirming what he just said. Wow! You know, we right. just take uh, it's we're just trying to educate people as to what grains actually are and uh, what you can do with them. But you but mill your own grains over there. Yeah, we do. Are, get, does what does that, that mean? Explain yeah, what that. does that even mean? Do you have a mill? Yeah, we have a mill. Do you have um, a river that powers it with a some sort of it's, that, uh, I would pay to powered see powered by electricity. It's oh, a, electric, a Meadows electric. Mill built in South Carolina. Sorry, North Carolina. Um, has granite, uh, about 20 inches each stone, Jesus. two stones. So you get actual millstones in there. Yeah, real so deal. I could put my one in New York. I could put my nose up to that millstone. You sure you sure could if you wanted to. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's what I do. I work hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the biggest one in New York City. And Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You have the biggest millstone in New York City? Sure do, yeah. Are you giving tours? Yeah, come on down. Give the, uh, give the address. We gotta, we gotta we'll plug all do a remote. Yeah, we're at 201 Moore Street in East Williamsburg. The Bushwick. biggest mill in New York City. That's us. There's like a million bakeries in New York City. you got the biggest mill. Most, most bakeries don't have mills, even. Good point. Oh, I see that. So the grains come to you. The, gr- the wheat comes 
comes yeah, to we, you. And you're saying it's all different types of wheat. Yeah, I find different stuff um, that I hear about from either farmers or different chefs and then try to make a relationship with the farmer that grows it and have them send us the seeds. Then we mill the, the flour and we go from mill to mix. So there's no time in between our milling and then our mixing for the bread. So we just mill it and then mix it. And then the next day you'll have, uh, after it ferments, our bread from that fresh grain. This is incredible. Wow, that is, that is. Well, we got to see what you guys do because they, they Yeah, let's along. break one over. What did you bring for us, guys? Come on, I'm, rip- I'm ripping this open. So this is a, a bread that is made from this? two different uh, oh kinds of wheat. One is rye and the other one is red fife. Oh, it's rye. See, I'm sort of a catcher of the rye. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here yeah. all night. Well, I'm going to rip this open. Jimmy, can you do can that? You is that okay? Jimmy, can you get the sound of me ripping this open? On this has never been done on radio. Oh this is God. a bread so this tasting. This is rye and you said teff? Fife. Oh, f- what's fife? Red fife is a, uh, a hard winter wheat. Oh, really? Let me see. I'm going to take a bite. Uh-oh. Why, why, why don't you describe it a little, Gert? Oh, this is fantastic. Describe what it looks like. Well, it looks it looks like a little bit like a levain. Am I right? A little bit like a levain? In English, it's, it's been risen with that. Yeah, the the yeast is, but it's just like yeah. a, a loaf. It's a like a filone or a, just a whatever you want to call it. Really. Now, what would you put on this bread? Would you put butter? Would you put olive oil? What do you like on bread like this? I like chocolate with it. Nice. Yeah, it's like very nice. Rye. Now, can you hear me chewing this? It's very nice. Thank you. Yeah, our friends gave us some some Dutch uh, chocolate that we sprinkle on it and, and eat it like a little. But snack. there's no chocolate on the bread right now. No. No. Now, what kind of wine would you mix with this bread? Well, are you? What kind of wine do you like? I, mean, I, I, I like a, I like a red. That's a riesling. Go nuts! Oh, yeah, riesling. Yeah, stay, riesling? stay very German about it. Maybe it's says Weigelt. I don't know what you just said, but that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I gotta say, Vinny, we are making radio history here because once yeah, again, Adam and Jeff, no one has ever done a bread taste test on radio in the same way that we're doing. We're just chewing it up. Mm. Can you hear? I, it's very good. Very. Oh. Good. If I would probably toast it a tiny bit. Well, this this is bread from yesterday, so. Oh, good oh, day old bread! Yesterday's bread, day old bread. Yeah. yeah, we're off today. This is our day off. That's, uh-huh. how, we, that's how we can get down the radio show. I didn't. Oh, uh, now I get it. Now I get it. So I'm eating day old bread. That's day why we old have old bread. It's good though. I gotta say, I was saying it's good bread, and to find that it's day old and it still holds up, that's a good sign. Oh yeah. I'm trying to get that taste. It's it's like, I don't want to say sour, but it's sour. It's sourdough. Yeah, it's a yeah. sourdough. Yeah. All right, so then I will say sour. I don't <laughs> have a problem with that. And the crust. It's very is fantastic. Uh, Thank you. No one's Where's ever done. Have you ever been interviewed on a radio show where the host just just eat your bread? No, mm-hmm. not yet. This no. is the first time. This is the first time in radio history that this has happened. No, yeah. So, so you guys are called the the bread lab, and I know you kind of explained this, but what what exactly what makes it a lab? Like well, what? So you got there's a little bit of history behind it. There's mm-hmm. a bread lab that's part of Washington State University. And that's in Mount Vernon, and it's like a satellite of Washington State, which is in Pullman, Washington. Uh-huh. And uh, at that bread lab, that's where these PhDs study wheat. They grow wheat, and then they make bread uh, every day there. Mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of visiting a number of times and really getting to talk to the people that work there yeah. and was inspired to start milling wheat into flour about uh, almost three years ago now. And started uh, doing that at a restaurant in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And moved to New York in uh, May. And there's a stipulation of uh, opening up this restaurant at the Williamsburg Hotel that I'm working on now. Oh, right. that's right. We, we mentioned that. Decided about that preview, to, yeah. yeah, no, thank you. <clears throat> decided uh, to talk to the owners and see if they would be into getting a mill. And they said that would be a great idea. And as construction is delayed, which is pretty usual, 
they offered up a, a little space temporarily mm-hmm. in Bushwick to, to put our mill in and start up uh, a bread lab in the same kind of fashion, minus the PhDs, just uh, the, the baking part, because that's where you know my, my expertise comes in, is being able to bake and make pasta. We also make pasta and desserts oh. and really anything that has flour in it. And kind of give people the uh, the face time to come in and check it out and learn about what fresh wheat tastes like. Well, let's backtrack for a second because you said earlier, uh, par- I'm paraphrasing, I admit that, that most bakeries don't have mills of their own. Yeah, I would, that's, a, that's an easy statement. Yeah, so mo- most don't. But here comes the tough follow-up because I ask the tough questions. Mm-hmm. So are you saying, by extension, that bakers who don't mill their own grain are just a bunch of pussies? No, can we call it that? No, I would never no we say can't. That. They we get can't. up really early and they work really hard. Oh, they're pretty badass. You ever see that movie Moonstruck? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah he was Nicholas, Nicholas Cage. Cage. He was kind of a hard ass. Yeah. And oh. so the guys like uh, you get up and you. So you get up early too, though. Yeah, not as early as others. You'd be but surprised. you make, but you make your own raw material. The rest of these guys they get a big bag of Pillsbury. Am I right? Big bag of Pillsbury. Well, they they well, you know good bakers source good flowers from other people, but. So there is good flour out there. You don't have to. If you hear the sound of my voice, you do not have to grind your own grain. Is that what I'm hearing? No, you do have to. You do have to. Yeah. Listen, we do have some lines open if you want to give us a call. <laughs> give out that number, Vince. Yeah, it's, as you know, it's a 718-260-4502 if you want to talk to the boys about bread. They say they have a lab. They're doing science with bread. No, but I, I think I was onto something here. I think you're saying I don't have to grind my own grain, and then you said I do have to grind my own grain. No, you, you said... That I said that other bakers were pussies. <laughs> no, I asked. And I do not believe that. <laughs> I think yeah, there's very think, talented Kirsch, people I out there. I think you're putting words in his mouth. I name. like to grind the uh, wheat into flour. I think it makes a, a good flavor. Hmm. But there is good flour out there, you're saying? There is good flour out there. There is good flour. We're, we're, part of it is that we're trying to encourage people to mill their own grain. But where am I going to mill my own grain? That's my question. I've got a little pepper mill at home. That's not big enough. No. no. That will not do the There deal. are attachments for your KitchenAid you can put on. Um, you can also buy little millstones for your house Wait, that li- are affordable. Really? Little millstones? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, what, and I would power that either through like my own pow- my own body. No, no. Yeah, actually, there are. There's some hand crank ones. Hand really crank. Cool. This is it. This is it. Wow. I get a hand crank millstone. Yeah. I'm grinding my own. Where am I getting the wheat though? Where would you like to get it from? Well, I mean, I'd like some Canadian rye. Is that wrong? Nope. Yeah, you can get that. Uh, you got to start to look online and, and find some farmers and have them uh, mail it out to you. No, but I'm trying to go off the grid entirely. Because this is so my no, doomsday you, scenario. I would get in a car. I would probably no, car. put uh, the gasoline cars on the grid. in the back <laughs> and then start to drive. Maybe remove the license plate. I'm going off the grid. a separate uh, license plate. And make sure you bring a fake passport, get into Canada, and, and find uh, start looking in Manitoba or Saskatchewan to see where the, the wheat, the rye that you like most. Well, forget about rye. Who's the closest wheat grower that you that you work with? The closest is Doylestown, Doylestown Pennsylvania. Okay. And that's called uh, Castle Valley Mill. And they, they also have a mill, but we get the berries from them direct. And uh, that stuff is all grown in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay, that's very close. So we could practically, if I went off the grid, Vince, we could practically bike down there. Mm-hmm. You could totally bike there. How, how, all right, so you gave us a nice-sized bread here. It was the day old, but we don't care. How many pounds of grain would I need to mill to make a bread this big? 500 grams, so about one pound. Oh, so I can get that back on my bike. Yeah, you'd be fine. Hmm. I'm going <laughs> off the grid. It seems like a long drive for, for a loaf of bread, Kirsch. Well, no, I'm not driving. I'm going to go on my own power. I'm a bike to Lancaster. seems like a long bike ride. I'm saying. Yeah, I know, but I've got to go off the grid. Like, when civilization fails, guys like Adam and Jeff, am I right? You guys know how to make food. 
We can. From we, like nothing. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to hunt for a loaf of bread. You make it yourself. Yeah, easy breezy. Do you guys hunt? I used to. I've given it up. But you, you, you <coughs> still eat meat? Oh, yeah. That's my question. You know, this is all about carbohydrates, but how do we get some protein yeah. in the bread? Can we yeah. make yeah. bread out of protein? There's protein in that bread. Really? What kind? What do you mean? Like the, like, what, I mean, like how gl- much gluten, pro- gluten how much is the protein? Oh, gluten's a protein. Yeah. Really? It's about 14% yeah. in, the, in the grain itself. Wait, but Vince makes a good point. Can we get more protein into bread? Like, can we get animal protein into bread? Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Wait, no. I'm serious. You're a lab. You can make brioche mm. with butter. That's uh, huh? that's good an one. animal protein. Or you can cheese. Uh, yeah. cheese. Oh, cheese bread, of course. It. Lard bread. I've yeah, had I mean, lard. Well, lard bread, doesn't yeah. have any protein, but. Lard doesn't have protein? It's fat. Yeah, here's a question I have. There's no, sugar, there's no sugar in this <laughs> bread, right? There's no sugar in the now, bread. Now, why is it? Because, you know, I'm always trying to like, cut down my intake of processed sugar. Just because it's just the way I feel. Maybe it has something to do with my snoring. I don't know. <laughs> it definitely does. Maybe it's the common core. I don't know. But the, f- the fact of the matter is, um, why is it every time I look at a loaf of bread in the store, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's the second ingredient is sugar. Is it, And does it need to be there? Is Are they just doing it because they want us to, to get that flavor or they're lazy? What What is it? Well, I mean, I think that's a philosophical question. You well, know, the, the you guys, why, you guys the seem philosophical. I, I mean, first of all, sugar is something that, you know, people, you know, quote, have uh, addictions to. People really, you know. Oh, you don't have to say, quote, I'm addicted, it. baby. Yeah. You know, uh, people really love that stuff. So that is a way to sell it. You know, a lot of magazines have, you know, people scantily clad kind of hmm. works the same way. Oh, okay. Doesn't I'm addicted it, to that, too. be the only thing you have to read in your life. Um, it doesn't have to be the only bread that you eat, but uh, a lot of stuff on the shelf is just not. Uh, now, I would openly criticize the stuff on the shelf. I do not criticize bakers that ah. work in bakeries, <laughs> but the, the the breads that you do get on the shelf are more or less garbage. Yeah. Mm. There's also a couple like uh, uh, reasons for that. Like sugar, for example, is a is a leavening accelerant. So it makes the bread f- uh, rise a lot faster. Mm-hmm. It makes production a lot faster and yeah. stuff like that. This is why you call a scientist. I just I have to go back for a second because you said the funniest thing that d- nobody laughed at except for me, which <laughs> was, oh, so so like lard bread's got protein. And you're like, no, lard doesn't have protein. Lard's a fat. And I'm like, oh, so like there's protein and fat, and that's different. <laughs> like that just took me <laughs> a, like like five minutes to figure that out. Yeah. That's, good that's why you call a bread scientist. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we got to get out. But one of the things we always do, and you're going to stay for our next segment on the Brooklyn Trolley because okay. I'm actually very e- eager to hear your opinion. But we got to get out, and I always let our guests just plug whatever you want to plug. So, Adam, Jeff, plug something. It could be an outside project. It could be some some granola you want to come out with, whatever it is. Plug it away. All right. Well, we want to plug the Brooklyn Bread Lab in East Williamsburg, um, the only place to really get your flour milled fresh. And then also – the upcoming restaurant at the Williamsburg Hotel, which is being built in uh, in North North Side Williamsburg, which is really cool, right on North Tenth and Wyth. So you guys are not only you, you're selling flour there as well, like fresh milled flour, and yeah. along with the bread, so you can exactly. buy flour and bread there. And we also teach classes. We teach uh, bread making for uh, beginners, for professionals, also pizza, pasta, and then we have classes for kids too. Oh, I like this. Yeah, I, I like that. Why I'm going to teach my kid how to make bread, and then I eat forever. This is like exactly. a uh, this is just weigh like a pound. How much did this weigh? No, this was like that five pounds. A kilo. What's a kilo? A kilo. I don't it's know. Like what eleven that pounds. Like Two point two pounds. No, it's like eleven pounds. <laughs> it's like eleven pounds. All right, that's a lot. Guys, we got to get out. We're almost done with this whole thing. But I got to. I got to pay some bills. I got to pay some bills. I got to say, Adam and Jeff, thank you. Stick around. We're going to talk about the Brooklyn trolley. But first, I got to ask both of you guys a question. Has low back pain kept you on the sidelines of life and unable to do the things that make you active and happy? Ever happen, guys? Yeah. I did. Okay, well, then you need to know. 
Non-surgical spinal decompression at Brooklyn Spine Center can get you back in the game. And when I say game, for me, I was always talking about sex. You guys, it's bread making. Spinal decompression has proven effective in relieving the pain associated with bulging and herniated discs. Degenerative disc disease, which is what I have, sciatica, and even failed back surgery. You know how they do it? It's a spinal decompression device called a DRX-9000. It, it creates a distraction force that relieves the compression on the nerve and allows the body's own nutrients to flow back into the affected disc and help revitalize it. Yeah, I got you. You want to know, know more, you just call them. Brooklyn Spine Center, 718-234-6207. You schedule an initial consultation with Melinda Keller. She's a doctor over there, great lady. And she'll say if you're a, a candidate for that DRX-9000. If not, she's got other ways. The number again, 718-234-6207. Of course, you can visit the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. Uh, you know, Gersh, Atlas Steakhouse offers a selection of premium cuts aged on site for perfect texture and taste. Atlas Steakhouse also has an extensive list of vintage wines. It has expertly mixed classic and signature cocktails. It's got signature appetizers guaranteed to stimulate your palate. At Atlas Steakhouse, your choice cut state is crafted into a culinary masterpiece just for you. There are delightful desserts. Each are sweeter than the last. Atlas Steakhouse is a completely unique dining experience. Atlas Steakhouse at 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can find them online at atlassteak.com. At Atlas Steakhouse, it's always a cut above the rest. Well, that's fantastic. We, I, Adam and, and Jeff, I'm sorry you had to hear that, but we, we got to pay some bills, and these are our advertisers. I, I do not I apologize. And they support us. I do not apologize. So, guys, <laughs> I think get where I am today. Jimmy, did you try this bread? I right, give Jimmy some bread. Jimmy, have a piece. As I was saying. I didn't get where I am not today. Not the guys. whole thing, Jim, oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Come on. I didn't get where I am today. Jimmy likes it. By not standing with Brooklyn. Vince, am I right? All, it's all you ever stood it's with. All I ever do is I stand with Brooklyn. With and four. Before us right now, and in a couple of minutes we're going to talk to a guy. Before us right now is a proposal on the table to spend $2.5 billion. That's with a B, baby. B. B as in boondoggle. Uh-oh. Maybe. Maybe. No, I'm a going. journalist. To spend $2.5 billion to run a set of trolley tracks, tram tracks, if you will, from Astoria in distant Queens. It's very far off. Through Greenpoint, Williamsburg, the Navy Yard, downtown Brooklyn, Red Hook, all the way to Sunset Park. It's about six. How many miles is that? I don't know. I don't know. Once I once you cross, uh, yeah. Once you cross Queens, it's like, it's Queens, it's somewhere no in the double digits of miles. Anyway, two point five billion dollars. Now, before we get Harris Sheckman on the phone, Harris Sheckman is one of the consultants who came up with this plan. It's called the B- BQ Connector. What is it? The BQX. BQX. Is what calling it, and it was it was basically cheered by. Uh, Mayor de Blasio during his State of the City address. De Blasio has championed it. Now, yes. de Blasio, as you know, was our outer borough mayor, elected from Brooklyn, son yeah. of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. He's son of Boston. Did you, did you watch the uh, State of the City? No, I don't watch the State of the City. Well, you should have watched it. He was chewing something the whole time. I don't know what it was. It looks like he was chewing a piece of cut. Maybe it was one of his... Was he chewing bread. some of this Brooklyn bread lab bread? Because I'm loving very it. very well been. Anyway, we got to get Harris Sheckman on the phone. But before we do, I just want Jeff and Adam to know, if they've got an opinion on this, I want you to share it. Yeah, because don't be afraid. You're real Brooklyn guys. You're breaking. You're baking bread, and I feel like we never get to hear from the real Brooklyn bakers when it comes to these big money boondoggles. So I'll just jump in, but I'm gonna get him on the phone. I told Jimmy, you ready? I'm gonna call him. I told him I would call him exactly at five. 
I gotta stop eating this bread. You gotta get away from me. I might actually hand it over to Jimmy. No, let me introduce him and tell him we got the Brooklyn bread guys. Oh, He's and don't for forget, you. we gotta talk about the uh, the Super Bowl. I know. And thank you for calling. I hope you guys didn't get that extension off there. Here we go. You got the extension? I just typed it in. That's good. Hello. Hey, is that Harris Sheckman? It is I. Oh. Harry Sheckman, it is Gersh Kutzman of the Brooklyn Paper Radio, along with Vince DiMaselli, the editor of the Brooklyn Paper. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. And I just just so you don't feel boond- boondoggled or bird-dogged, we have Adam and Jeff from the Brooklyn Bread Lab, who are in the first segment, and they they need to be persuaded on this BM, B, BQ connector, so they're going to sit in the studio and they may have some questions for you as well, if that's all right. That, that's great. Okay. Yeah. So, Harris, let's first just define a few terms because we've already explained to the readers, the listeners, what this is about. And you know the Brooklyn Paper's been covering this very actively. But first, give us your once-over. First of all, tell us who you are, what your job is with this, uh, with this project, and, and just give us your once-over. What is it? Sure. Uh, I'm uh, with Sam Schwartz. I am the National Transit Director. Nice. So the Schwartz is with you. The Schwartz is with me. That's fantastic. For 40 years. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, we were uh, brought in to, at the the outset, to do the technical planning for this, the feasibility, and then the technical planning. Mm -hmm. So um, we we definitely have a hand in the birth of this, a very big hand, Mm -hmm. and we certainly have familiarity. Well, remind... Well, remind, remind the listener exactly what it is. It's like a 16-mile route. Just explain the basic. Okay, the basic is it's a streetcar route that will run from Astoria around the Hallett's Cove area, uh, basically following the waterfront, not exactly on the water, but near, mm-hmm. um, all the way uh, down through uh, Long Island City, uh, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, Navy Yard area, Dumbo, downtown Brooklyn, Red Hook, Sunset Park, ending at the 59th Street subway station in Brooklyn. Right, wh- wh- one quick question. The route itself is not is not set in stone. No, it's not. Okay. Okay. Vince had a big... Vince yeah, no, big I'm, just, I'm just wondering. Now, you, the, the word you used was streetcar, correct? That is correct. Okay, so let's let's just get some definitions down here so that we're all clear on this. Now, what's the difference between a, treat, a streetcar and, say, a trolley? There's no difference between a streetcar and a trolley. Okay, street- trolley is the old-fashioned name. Okay, okay, so it's just an old-fashioned name. Now, what about a cable car? A cable car is totally different in the sense that its source of propulsion is a continuously running wire uh, cable underneath the street. So that's the San Francisco treat. Okay. That's correct. So we got streetcars, we got trolleys, we got cable cars. What about a bus? And what's a bus? A bus? Yeah. <laughs> is... Uh, a self-propelled uh, vehicle using, uh, uh, you know, either diesel fuel or CNG, or we have hybrids operating in New York. They're actually uh, the beginnings of all electric buses in the country. Uh, buses are um, generally the longest bus would, is an articulated bus, which we see here in New York, which is 60 feet long. Okay. So, okay. so you know, Harris, I don't know if you've been reading my work on this or my tweets, but I, I'm a bit of a skeptic who needs to be won over on this because what you just described to me when you talked about your streetcar sounded like a bus. I mean, it's got no dedicated lanes. It gets stuck in traffic. Well, well that's, your, that's, that's the first. I don't, want, I don't want to say error. I don't want to. Win, it's <laughs> you, have the dis, you have the disadvantage of not having seen the full details, which, which will be coming out, I believe, shortly. Okay. Oh, we would love to so, see that, yes. 
so I, I, I will not be offended, and neither should you. But let, let me let me help you out. Go for it. Okay. The the uh, guiding force behind this whole project was to find a, a quick and attractive way of transport to go north-south in an area where there is essentially no north-south uh, transit. So speed, and I don't mean that like speeding, but speed was always a foremost consideration. And in order to do that, the entire route is a combination of dedicated lanes or dedicated rights of way or SBS-type treatments with bus priorities, including signal priorities, etc. So it is uh, definitely not a vehicle that's just lumbering through traffic. Okay, so that's <coughs> you've, you've definitely settled one of my main concerns. Okay. The other, of course, is $2.5 billion. We could put a man on the moon for that money. Well, you, or close I, to it. I, I, I don't do much. I'm no, not sure you could. That sounds like a lot of money, Harris. It, and it is a lot of money. Nobody should, uh, nobody should uh, make light of that. But that money uh, will require nothing from Albany, nothing from Washington. It, the plan is that much as Hudson Yards, the number seven line extension, was built, this will be also. So there will be uh, a corridor, roughly a half mile corridor around, around the, uh, the line, in which the incremental increase in value yeah. Will will generate property tax revenue that will go to pay for the system. And a couple of key things here, and it's a great opportunity, so people don't get worried. the The plan is that that incremental value will only be on commercial properties and multifamily multifamily housing. So if you own a one, two, mm. and three family house you're not going to be uh, paying for this. All right, but let's backtrack again. You were brought in from the outset, but who really is behind this? It's the developers, right? Walentis is, and all the people are going to benefit from higher property values. There is a, a coalition. Our client is the Friends of the Brooklyn Queens Connector, which consists of uh, community groups, uh, chambers of commerce and the like, and yes, real, real estate developers. But shouldn't I be nervous about that? In other words, the government doesn't exist to make sure real estate developers do well when they develop in areas without transit. Well, the question is, who's doing well? I mean, obviously, developers are in business to make a profit. And this is America. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But the point is, you have a corridor here mm. that the, uh, the last effort at doing any kind of north-south transportation in this corridor was was given up eight years ago if you may or may not recall uh, some of your listeners that there used to be a b61 bus route that ran from red hook to long island city i love that b61 not quite mm -hmm. as long as as this and it ran for many years it was a trolley that's how old the route was but eight years ago transit split the route up mm -hmm. and the reason they split it up was the running time and this is for a route that was maybe 10 miles long the running time was 90 minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, they split that up. That was the day the music died, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. I got I to bring in two bakers, though. I got to bring in two bakers. I got Adam and Jeff here. Adam, you're listening to Harris. You're listening to me. Now, Harris is obviously smarter, better paid, better looking. But I'm here with you now. 
What's your opinion there? What do you, who do you think is right so far? I am. Um, I don't know. Is that Adam? To, to be determined. Yeah. To, to, to be determined. Right, yeah. Jeff. Well, you guys. You guys are in. You're in Bushwick. Where, where are Charlie, you guys again? Charlie sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Charlie sounds good. Okay. I like keep, the trolley. Okay, all right. Keep going, Harris. I want to tell you something. Your your friends in the press, and I'm talking about my own beloved Daily News, have been all over this. They love your plan. Obviously, they want to see more details. But here's an editorial in today's Daily News. And Adam and Jeff, you should listen to this because I'm making some good points here. It's a glowing. It's a glowing editorial. And then it says, "It sounds like a smart plan if." And then they rattle off like a hundred ifs. Here we go. If projections for real estate development come anywhere close to target. If the service prompts new taxpaying development that otherwise would not have happened. If a streetcar running at an expected battery-powered speed of 13, 11 miles an hour. If fares are equal to the cost of a subway ride. If a paying affair will admit riders into the connecting subways. That's a lot of ifs. That's a big if there. Well, let's, let's tick them off one by okay, one. Okay, do it. Give me the first. Oh, first one. If projections for real estate development and property values come anywhere close to target. Okay. So we did not do that. That's not our specialty. We're planning and engineering. But but uh, there were experts in this who did it. I will tell you, having seen their work, they used an extremely conservative model, i.e. conservative compared to increases that have occurred with streetcars and uh, elsewhere in the country. So they used an extremely conservative model, and they divided it into two parts. One part is existing development that's there. And the existing development that's there alone will probably generate enough money, even if there wasn't a single new building that went up, hmm. would generate enough money to pay for the streetcar line. The, um, you know, w what their work shows is that the projection is that the uh, revenue generated from these increases will be almost twice the cost of the line. All right, well, that still sounds so like an if. a big, big cushion there, and it doesn't require uh, new development. Well, it still sounds like an if, but I'll give you an if, an if, an if minus. Jimmy, did you find that ding? All right, here we go. So then the second one, if a streetcar... Sorry, if the service prompts new taxpaying development that otherwise... Well, you've sort of answered that one. So next one. If a streetcar running at an expected battery-powered speed of 11.3 miles an hour actually attracts tens of thousands of daily riders. <clears throat> okay. So the existing bus service in this part of Brooklyn ranges from 6 to 8 miles an hour. Jesus. Um, <clears throat> and almost nobody uses that for any kind of long-distance travel. Uh, what people what people do today, and this is part of the problem that this will cure, is if you live in <clears throat> in Greenpoint and you have a job in let's say uh, Industry City in Brooklyn, it's faster for you to take the subway into Manhattan, travel all through Manhattan, come out of Manhattan to get to your job, than it is by staying within Brooklyn and Queens. Now, that's bad because that's contributing to the overcrowding on the subways going to Manhattan, and it's taken you a hell of a long time. So when we talk about 11 or 12 miles an hour, that's the average speed, including all stops. So let me, let me uh, put that in perspective to you. The subways today probably do 15 to 17 miles an hour under the same conditions. So we're not quite reaching subway speeds, but we're getting close to it. Wait, what do, you, what, do you mean, what do you mean same conditions? The subway's underground, baby. That's my point. And yet, and, and yet we all appropriately view subway as the fast way to get there. But 
it's not it's not like the subway is doing 30 miles an ah, hour and the streetcar is doing 11 or 12 miles an hour. Right, I see. The uh, you know the difference is much smaller and the the speed that we will be attaining and we've been very conservative in in that estimate uh, is equal to the fastest SBS route. Okay. And we know from experience and by the way our firm was involved from the start with transit and the city in both planning and implementing SBS. So I need you to understand that we are a mode neutral firm. We look at every job and, and make a determination of what's the best. And we're believers in SBS, but it doesn't work in this corridor. So you're, you're so not handling SBS, SBS is, is select bus service. Yes. Because ridership on most of the SBS routes has gone up by 20%. So that helps to answer part of your question about do we think ridership will go up? We know ridership goes up in this city when you provide a faster service. All right. It goes up very substantially. All right, now we've got two more parts of this. If fares equal to the cost of subway rides make the trolley self-sustaining without ever increasing taxpayer subsidies. Okay. First, the uh, entire plan is premised on the uh, BQX being completely integrated with the transit system in New York. Ah. So uh, it will use MetroCard if it was opening tomorrow. Obviously, by the time it opens, there'll be a more modern system than MetroCard. Brain but chips. You're talking about brain let's chips. Let's just say MetroCard. Mm -hmm. okay. it, it's going to use MetroCard. The fares are going to be the same. You'll be able to transfer the same way between BQX and a local bus or the subway as you do today between local buses and subways. So that'd be free transfer. Free transfers, right? Okay. All right. But now Vinny's got the toughest question you've ever fit. Because these guys that in the big pa city papers, they don't know. Vinny's got the tough question. Go ahead. My tough question about the SBS? Yeah. All right. So my, my question is, you guys did this study. You're like, why, would, why is this trolley service going to be faster than just a select bus service, which basically does the same thing? You're just giving it a lane. You're getting everything out of the way. You're making sure the traffic lights turn green when it's coming through. How is the trolley car faster than the bus? It's a great question, and it's probably the one that people are asking most. So I appreciate the opportunity to answer it. Oh, I appreciate that you do. If, if you're familiar with SBS in the city, uh, and I'll just rattle off. You have a Nostrand Avenue SBS. You have mm -hmm. a First and Second Avenue SBS. You have a Fordham Road SBS. Well, these are outside of Brooklyn. so Webster Avenue, yeah. Highland Boulevard SBS. And now you, you have uh, Woodhaven Boulevard. What do we notice about all of those things? The corridor is defined by a single name. Now, that doesn't mean every inch of the corridor is on Nostrand Avenue, but it's an existing transit corridor that people understand and can define because it's, it's pretty much, shall we say, a straight line. The other thing that, that characterizes it is all of the SBSs operate on streets where there's at least two lanes of traffic in each direction. In the case of Woodhaven Boulevard, there's as much as four lanes in each direction. We're dealing with a corridor here that has none of those characteristics, okay? If you, if you take a look, uh, you know, even at the map that's been shown so far, yeah. and I'm sure there'll be more detail to come, in order to get between these two places, you've got a snake uh, um, among a lot of streets. And many of those streets are only one lane in each direction. So... Um, it's more difficult for a bus to do because even though people, uh, you know, the first reaction is, oh, the streetcar can get blocked, the bus wouldn't get blocked. 
you know, that's yeah. not necessarily the case, number one. But number two, streetcars do better on turns than buses do. Yeah, because the streetcar follows a defined turn. Uh, it's much better in terms of Vision Zero, but it's also much better in terms of actually keep it, keeping a lane clear and keeping it moving. But, but what about where but the rubber... the big reason, but, okay. But Let just me to get the big reason why not SBS. The heaviest SBS in the city today is 1st and 2nd Avenue. That carries, and when I say it carries less than, please don't misread it, it's incredibly high and good number, but it carries less than 35,000 people a day. We're projecting that this corridor will carry 53,000 people a day. So we're looking here at a service that's going to be uh, at least one and a half times larger in terms of people carried than the biggest, the heaviest SBS that's there today. So let's look at that first and second avenue. You've got buses in the peak period running every three minutes. But the capacity of an articulated bus is about 85 people. The capacity of the streetcar we're planning, which, by the way, will be 80 feet long, not 60 feet long, hmm. is between 150 and 175. So each streetcar will carry approximately double what an articulated bus, which you see on almost all the SBS routes, would, would carry. So that means, and let's do simple math, if I need to carry that number of people, even if it was the same number of people as on the, on the M15, 1st and 2nd Avenue, I would need twice as many buses as I do streetcars. But when I talk about a bigger demand, if I use buses, I need to have a bus every one to two minutes in order to carry the demand. Now, a key feature that we're looking for in, in the streetcar or in this corridor is reliable service. I ran the bus operation in New York for many years, so I know it like the back of my hand. And, you know, New Yorkers have always said bunching, you know, is terrible. Uh, Everybody complains bus about bunching, bunching yes. and rightfully so. Worldwide problem. If you're running a bus every minute and a half to two minutes, it's impossible not to have bunching. And once you have bunching, and, and it, I know this is the great mystery, because people say, why can't the bus break, you know, why can't the bunch break up? It doesn't happen because of the nature. People are on board and need to get off. So once you create a bunch, you never get rid of it. And what that does, it's going to slow the service down. It's going to make the service less reliable. And it's going to make it almost impossible to operate. Now, remember the story I gave you a few minutes ago of how transit appropriately finally tossed in the towel on the B61 after 50-some years? Yeah, what was the, what was the reason for that? Operate it reliably. That's what happens if you try to put uh, SBS service on these kind of streets with that kind of volume. All right, so you're saying they cut the B61, they got rid of it because it wasn't working efficiently? Or they it's didn't get rid of it. They split it into two routes. Okay, they split it into... Because the route was so long, and it went through many of the same kind of streets that we're going through here. Uh-huh. And it was so prone to problems that the service was totally unreliable. It was, uh, you know, supposed to be a six-minute headway on the route, and sometimes you got four buses back-to-back, -back, and sometimes you waited 25 minutes for a bus. So, so we got to get out. Yeah, Go we do it. have to get out. But by splitting up the route, how did, did that solve the problem, or...? It, it didn't solve it, but it helped it because it's more manageable. 
you know, when the when the route is shorter, you get to the terminal. There's something built into every schedule called recovery time. Which uh-huh. Means if you arrived late, you can at least leave for your next trip on time. Gotcha. So right, I got it, it. It definitely made the route more manageable. Harris, we we're talking here about a 16 mile route. Yeah. We got. <clears throat> we're gonna have to move on to another segment. But before I do that, Harris, first of all, you've been a peach for coming on. But I got to bring the bread guys in here for a second, and I'm gonna ask the question I know is on their mind, which is Harris. A, a tram or a trolley is one double parked car away from disaster. I see how I did that, guys. Disaster, because you oh, guys yeah. are bread guys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one double parked car, and you know where the rubber hits the road here. I don't care if you're on steel wheels or rubber. Double parked cars. How are you going to solve that problem? Well, it, it two ways. First, this plan will not advance without the full support of the city. Mm. Okay, and and everything is laid out. It's very clear what the requirements are, number one. Number two, in terms of the operation cost, there is budgeted a very substantial amount of money for a dedicated enforcement group to keep the lanes clear. And number three, on day one, this is going to be difficult for people to accept change. We're New Yorkers. We always hate change. But when you look at day two and beyond, and, and I was recently in San Francisco, where they have the same kind of situations. They have dedicated lanes uh, going down narrow streets, and the dedicated lane has no parking. Mm. And there is no illegal parking there, because people have come to understand the problem and the consequence. And we know New Yorkers will ultimately do that, too. The benefit is going to be so great. Uh, I I know you, Lave. Let me tell you a funny story. Years ago, (laughs) I was in Rome, and they had a streetcar. Rome? And, yes. And, and... I'm on the streetcar with my wife one night, and the streetcar comes to a stop. Why? Because just what you said, there's a double parked car there. Now, this is Rome, not New York. Uh, it's very so similar. So the guy got out and had a cigarette and a <laughs> cup of coffee. And, and you know what happens? Everybody starts screaming. I don't understand Italian. And a bunch of guys get off the bus, uh, off the, off the streetcar, and they pick up the car. Nice. Figure eight guys pick up it's the like car. A, it's like a Mentos commercial. Now, I, I'm not recommending that. No, 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 no. There I are guns I, in New York. But we're going to have enforcement to do that instead of having eight guys get off. Wait, the, the cops got to pick up the cars now? I'm ch- I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> well, let, let, but last question. No, I'm not advocating that we pick up that we pick up the cars. I know it's vigilante have, justice. That's people who do that. The, the vigilante, I believe, is an Italian word. I, I believe that. That's All right, true. I got to bring the bread guys in for a second. Adam, last question for Harris. Shoot, go for it. Go, for, Jeff. You got a question? I don't have a question. Oh no, no questions. No. Wow! Yeah, Thank you for talking. Uh, you, Harris, you brought you you you, you, you won over the bread guys. You haven't won over me yet, and I'll tell you why. I still okay. still think it's a big boondoggle for developers. I think the cost is too high, and I'm worried about all that double park cars because I'm Brooklyn. I know what kind of I'm on J Street, baby. This is the Brooklyn Paper Building. They're, I'm looking out the window. There's t- double park cars, and you know what they are? They're police officers' cars. <laughs> I say I. We got to get up, but I say start small, run a trolley from Borough Hall down Washington Avenue, down into Dumbo, kick it around uh, Brooklyn Bridge Park, under the bridge, down to Atlantic Avenue. Yep. You got, you're not worried about any traffic getting in the way, and you're providing a service for the people of Dumbo that need to climb up that hill to get to the uh, to get to the subway station at the top of Borough Hall, which is a which is a hike for most people. But we got to get out. We, we got we got to get out. Harris Sheckman, you are an absolute angel of a man, a prince of a city for coming to talk to us and to take the grilling from these bread guys. These guys are tough. Right. The it bacon. Thank you. And, and I appreciate the opportunity. No, the thanks. Question. We will talk again, baby. We'll talk again. We'll be on right, top hang, of this. Hang up on him, Jimmy, because yeah, i got to pay some bills. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got bye. this one.
You got that one? We got to pay some bills, Harris. Jimmy, we got to do it. There's only so much time left in a show. All right. I'm glad we got to hear that story about the, the, the Mentos commercial. Because they're picking up cars in Italy. Hey, listen. Are you looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price? Then look no further than Dr. Joseph Lichter. The dentist and skilled hygienist at Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art office use the most up-to-date technology and techniques to provide you the best experience possible. Dr. Lichter and his staff perform traditional dental procedures such as teeth cleaning, fillings, root canal therapy, and tooth extractions. But in addition, they offer the latest in restorative and cosmetic dentistry, including implants, porcelain veneers and crowns, fixed bridges, and more. Procedures that can make a broken smile look like new. The office also offers Invisalign an alternative to metal braces that uses virtually invisible plastic aligners that shift teeth into place over a period of time. Call Dr. Lichter's office today at 718-339-7878 to set up an appointment that can improve your quality of life. Dr. Lichter is located at 1420 Avenue P. That stands for periodontal. Between East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. And you can visit him online at josephlichterdds.com. All right, guys, I got to pay one more bill, <clears throat> and I'm going to bring the bread guys in on this. Guys, did I tell you about Dr. Melinda Keller at the Brooklyn Spine Center? You sure did. Yeah, we talked about it for a while. Yeah, I know we did. But listen, you, I see your posture. You got some back pain. I had lower back pain, degenerative disc disease, herniated disc, bulging discs. Everything about me is bulging. Well, I called up Melinda Keller at the Brooklyn Spine Center at 718-234-6207, and she strapped me into the DRX-9000. <clears throat> You're like, what, what the heck is that? Is that like a sci-fi movie? No, it, it's sci, but it's not fi. It's a spinal decompression device, creates a distraction force, which relieves the pressure on those discs so that the body's own nutrients can flow back into the affected area and revitalize the injury. So you want to know more, as I said, call the Brooklyn Spine Center at 718-234-6207. You schedule a consultation with Dr. Melinda Keller, and you'll find out if you're a candidate for the DRX 9000. If not, she's got other ways to treat you. Brooklyn Spine Center, 718-234-6207. Vince? Yeah, I love the Spine Center. We are running out of time, and i got to say, it has been a pleasure to be on a show with guys who work with their hands and don't take any bull crap from the man. Am I right, guys? Adam? Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. No, seriously, you're grinding your own wheat, you're baking it up, and then you're selling it. Like, that is as basic as it gets. That's it. Is there money in, is there money in bread? I mean, we sell There's it certainly money. dough in bread. <laughs> we, uh, we live modestly. <laughs> Humbly and modestly. Well, you know, Jesus. You know, my brothers have uh, ba- bagel stores. They have three bagel stores in, uh, in New Jersey. This is competition. Yeah. Well, what do you think about yeah. bagels? I, uh, I think great. about them a lot. I think. Uh, Wait, do you guys make bo- bagels? No, not no. right this moment, right. but we shall. You know, bagels are boiled. I didn't know that. In, if done properly, <laughs> he knows that. <laughs> Listen, I might know a little bit more about bagels than these guys know because of my, you know, my lots of experience working with my brothers at the bagel stores at the Atlantic uh, Atlantic Bagel new, Company, uh, in New Jersey. Rainbow Bagel. Uh, that it's rainbow not bagel. new. It's like twenty years old. Hold on. <laughs> Where are you on the Rainbow Bagel? Oh, I mean, I, I think you have an idea about Indifferent. You, you are such a freaking diplomat. The <laughs> Rainbow Bagel is, without a doubt, an abomination. I it's agree. Like, it's mess. It's just crazy. Okay. He, he came around I, on that, Gersh. He I, came I, around. No, no, I'm, I'm, uh, my personal opinion, I think that may lead to someone not living a very long life. Hmm. Oh, that's just <laughs> avoid the, the bread guys have <laughs> said it. Avoid the Rainbow Bagel. Jimmy, mm-hmm. I, I got to do Atlas Steakhouse. 
Yeah, we got one more ad. We got to pay one more bill, guys. Because as you know, Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak. You do. And every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then, you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine list or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. I always get so excited when we play the Atlas Steakhouse I love the music. music. I love it. You can enjoy a succulent appetizer as the master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. How do I desire, Gersh? Medium rare. Medium rare. It's the only way to do it. And when your main course arrives, you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, we always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can visit them online at atlassteak.com. That's fantastic. Well, I, I, what are you doing right now? Because you're after the show. You always do something. Oh, after well, I'm going home tonight. I got to stop at Home Depot and return 25 feet of Ethernet cable. Ethernet cable. Well, I'm yeah. going to obviously down to Prospect Park, play a little hockey as I always do. Bread guys, what are you up to tonight? We're gonna go to dinner. Yeah. Go to Whereabouts? Dinner. Whereabouts? Atlas Steakhouse. There you oh, go. He loves nice. it. They did it. That's not a freebie, by the way. They're uh, paying customers. We got three <laughs> minutes to go. Tradition. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you: Have you guys ever heard of Invisalign? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It just kind of moves your teeth and stuff. It's virtually really invisible great. alternative yeah. to metal braces. It usually costs $5,000 or more. You go to Dr. Lichter, you know how much? 10000 no, no, thousand no, bucks. Come on. Thousand bucks. <laughs> and if you mention Brooklyn Paper Radio, they throw in a rye bread, yeah, from what I hear. <laughs> By the way, we Paper almost ate this entire rye bread. We got, we got three minutes to go. No, we got to get, get out. I want to thank Adam, obviously, Adam Leonti and Jeff Kozlowski of the Brooklyn Bread Lab thank over you. in Bushwick. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank I apologize. You so you're, uh, you're obviously welcome. Thanks for the bread. You obviously, are, I'm very sad we didn't get to the top story from this week's Brooklyn Paper, which was that bar, the community board rejected a bar opening in Bushwick because apparently Bushwick is becoming too overbarred. Is it overbarred? No. No, of no, course not. Everybody wants a, a drink. Room for bars. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants a drink and let the market bear. Because a lot of people say, oh, Kunstman, you're such a democratic socialist because you're backing Bernie Sanders and you're against trams because they're boondoggles for developers. First of all, I'm a capitalist. And if a bar owner wants to open in my neighborhood and there's a demand meaning that he can sell a product for a reasonable price, I say let him come. Yeah. Am I right? Charlie's, I mean, Charlie's and Bars. Charlie's and Bars. Because a bread guy might want to open in my neighborhood, and I don't want one of my neighbors yeah. saying, oh, we got yeah. too much bread in this neighborhood. Exactly. All the glutens. Yeah. Well, if you can sell a product, and you guys said you're making a handsome profit. <laughs> so much yeah. money. We're just yeah. rolling in dough. Yeah, right. Rolling in dough. Oh, there it is. Man. Thank you very much. They're here all week, folks. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get out. Vince. Love you. Still attracted to you. You're fa- fantastic, handsome man. I want to thank really Gersh. Looking. He's <laughs> thank very, yeah, Everybody's, I tell you, it's like I'm the. disarmed. Startling. <laughs> it is unbelievable. They come into Whoa. the studio and they're like, they, they're coming. They're st- I don't know if they're heterosexual, homosexual. They're just attracted to Vince. That's it. It. Only. That's, uh, that's homosexual. <laughs> no, 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 because you can appreciate male beauty whether <laughs> you're hetero or homosexual. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Sexual, that was what yeah. I was saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, porcelain veneers, how much would you pay? <laughs> thousand. Thousand dollars? How yeah. about this? At Dr. Lichter, six seventy-five. Hey, listen, I want to thank all of our callers. You're the reason we're here. We appreciate you calling in for our shows. Gersh, great show today. Always a pleasure to be with you, Vince. All right, we will see you all next week at 4.30 right here on Brooklyn Paper Radio. And please, visit Dr. Joseph Lichter. And go to Brooklyn Bread Lab. Thanks, guys. Thank you.